we hereby swear to chance into the fantastical world of Keyforge, discussing lore, rules, strategies, decks, organized play, and of course, the Nordic Keyforge League. Heed our call to action and join our epic quest for radiant truth. This is the Nordic Keyforge Podcast. <laughs> Hello! Beautiful! I wonder what, what theme was today. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome, everyone. And welcome back to the Nordic Keyforge podcast. I am Hydrophilic Attack, and I am joined by Mr. K-Pop. Hey. And by Zaramis. Hello. So, before we move on, how has your Keyforge week been? Should I start? You can start. Who starts with a depressing story? <laughs> today it's all about depression. Yes, I lost my KFPL game today. I went uh, one and two. That was just a few hours ago. It was a very matchup dependent game. I had knew I was going to be weak against the lineups that had a lot of creatures. And uh, A. Shepelev definitely had a lot of creatures in his decks. And I needed to guess the right order that he would play them in. And right before I picked my decks, I thought, oh no, he's going to play his Kota first, isn't he? And then I clicked on the, like, select these decks link. And he did. And I lost because of that. And I, if I had reversed the order of my decks, like I thought I should at the very end there before I clicked that button, I'm like, damn it, he's going to do this. And that would be great against my decks. And then I clicked it. I don't know why. And I was like... I think I played a little tilted because of that reason, because it would have been so much better if I hadn't done that. But yeah, I lost the games. I didn't make many mistakes. He definitely didn't make almost any mistakes at all. And uh, yeah, what can you say? It's Keyforge. And uh, to make matters worse, I lost my Summer Cup game in the semifinals a few days ago <laughs> when my opponent after having been like under pressure for most of the game redrew his deck and drew Miasma on top of oh, classic. two or three cards classic. stopped my winning key <laughs> and oh. uh, yeah man it's so, always dangerous when somebody reshuffles the deck yeah it was two cards out of so yeah one in 13 that he uh, got a card that would uh, it, it feels that when somebody reshuffles the deck, the odds are better. <laughs> That's the magical reshuffle that gets you the cards that you need, yeah. I have always that feeling. It's also only oh, for man. my opponents, though, never for yes, me. Yes, every, every time. It's <laughs> something with the TCO coding that gives my <laughs> opponent the cards they need. And, and they give I, me, like, two creatures in Logos that has two enhancements. That's... I... <laughs> Okay. I, I remember, I remember meeting somebody, random dude on TCO, and really just blaming on the uh, the, the TCO programming <laughs> that it's it's all up, you know, it's it's just this is folks. <laughs> yeah, so that was my great Keyforge league. So I'm in a bit of a Keyforge depression at the moment. Oh man, I feel you. I feel you because we had our um, playoff around the first round in Coat. Uh, the code nine, and uh, we had done really well in the group stage, and I felt like we had prepared quite well for this playoff matchup. Also, 
without Tim. Um, um, I mean, what I've heard from Saisox, his match was, uh, he said that he needed to have, it was a matchup, there were two two decks that didn't have like Amber control that much, so it was Rage. Uh, but the opponent's deck needed to reap to victory, and his deck had three Skippy goats, uh, or Skippy, whatever the guy's time name hogs, is, Logos yeah. Creature, St- Skippy Timehog is the guy's name, uh, one power, one mutant, says when you play, opponent can't tap or use any cards uh, during their turn. So that would be the important key, uh, the card for victory, and he had all his three Skippy time goats in his bottom deck, like at the end. Skippy so, time goats. What? Oh, is, is, no, okay. Skippy let's time horse. Skippy time horse. <laughs> let's just throw every animal <laughs> in. Um, yeah, exactly. Sorry, guys. I meant Skippy time hog <laughs> instead of <a> goat. <laughs> Anyways, his his three uh, Skippy time hog hogs um, were at the bottom of his deck, so he lost that. Uh, yeah, quite clearly that game, which was sad. Uh, a little bit of RNG there drawing. Well, that's part of the game, right? And for me, we had really. I, I think this is the this game was the most like the the tightest game that I ever played. Actually, uh, Keyforge that I can recall, because it went down to fifty fifty. Uh, draw a card. So I had I had two cards left in my deck, and I will win the game if I draw one of those. Like it can't be tighter than that. Both are in two keys. I knew that he, I was I was like I had um, I had more ambers and more keys, but he had this key Chitota, uh untamed creature that says when you play you can um, you can create uh, forge a key. With seven embers, he had that in his hand. I knew that, and I knew that he would be able to play it. So my creature that I needed to draw was a red penny that would steal one amber, which would be enough to stop him forging the next turn. And I knew he didn't have any um, capture or any kind of uh, con- amber control. So it was all about drawing that darn red penny <laughs> of two cards in my deck. Ah. Uh, so obviously I didn't draw it, uh, and it was a GG well played. Super good game. It was really tight. I think both of us played uh, as optimal as we could play our games. So I can't, you know, I can't play on anything. I I went through it and analyzed it in my head, replayed it many times. There might have been one situation I might have targeted a creature differently, but overall I think I played quite flawlessly, and so did also. My opponent from New York City, Verindi, well played, um, super good game, um, and then we won the re- uh, reverse game, but that was not enough, so we lost that playoff game or, or the matchup um, 2-1, which is really sad because I was really, really wanting to play the next round because there might be a chance to meet Kip, KIP team, which is re- a rather famous team with really good players, but hey. That is Keyforge. We had super fun, um, super tight, at least my game. But this time, Aaron Jesus wasn't on my side. Okay. Yeah. What have we done? The Swedish, the Swedish international competitions. Every week before this, we've all been talking about how great things Winning. are. And then suddenly, Aaron Jesus deserts us. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
man. Well, uh, you know, this is part of the game, right? But hey, I wanted to comment of, on your thing, by the way. You mentioned that you, you were a little bit tilted uh, when you did kind of saw your mistake or, or that you clicked while you were thinking about clicking another deck. Um, that's exactly, that's that's the most tilting thing, as I mentioned before, when we're talking about uh, negative feelings. It's a, my own mistake that I make. So it could be in the game or before the game, like in that kind of situation, as you mentioned. That's, and that's the, like managing that feeling and managing that negativity that you get when you realize, oh, I made a mistake. If you can neutralize that, then you, you know, obviously can increase your odds to win the game. But um, that's one of the hardest, for me at least, to control my emotions and then control my gameplay uh, because I get really annoyed if I do a clear mistake. Obviously, that might not be the clearest situation because you need to guess in which order he plays. But anyways, just wanted to comment on that. Yeah, I've, I also sometimes can get quite tilted for things like that. Um, so um, for my week... Um, my main thing is I, like I mentioned on last week's episode, I just got a mass mutation display and I have opened all those decks, uh, and I found some fun stuff. Uh, so I found a league candidate. Ooh, interesting. Uh, which is a 78 sus deck, which is super speedy. It has auto encoder, double ethologica, zensi zensi zensic, um, some other nice stuff in logos like uh, the skippy the skippy time hog right time hog yeah uh, <laughs> uh, skippy time uh, pig. goat yeah uh, and it has uh, it has uh, three capture pips and uh, some other nice uh, uh, capture with uh, the uh, the mutant in this uh, the snareet and it has uh, uh, good board control and the big payoff for the amber control is uh, it has two two uh, effervescent principle so it's quite fun to uh, in the decks in the games in some games I have been able to go through the deck so fast with the lethologicas that I can get the board control exactly when I need it I can get uh, the effervescent principles exactly when I need them and I had games where I went through the deck twice in 10 turns, and that's yeah, super fun. Uh, I'm still not sure if it's super competitive. I need to I need to play more. I have a quite good record so far with it. I think five wins against two losses on TCO competitive. But I, uh, I th- some of those games have been against uh, some weaker decks. So yeah, I need some more games to test. Uh, another... Other than that, I got my first deck with punctuated equilibrium, so that was fun. That deck is it in the same deck? No, because that would be kick ass. No, oh. unfortunately not. <laughs> uh, uh, but in that deck, I have some fun stuff. Stuff I have triple fandangle and my first deck with double gray rider. Uh, but the deck doesn't have any amber control, so I don't think it's competitive. It hasn't performed well. And then some decks I haven't tried yet. I have one with seven capture pips and bring low and double infernus and the double armory officer nell uh, and good board control uh, which i think can do well it has enough board control and enough amber control i think but i need to play it it might not have enough amber generation uh, 
And then I got a deck with a Maverick Auto Encoder in Saurian, which is very funny. Uh, and that's that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, actually, the the Saurian side in that deck is pretty fire. It is it has double city states interest. It has a Saurus Rex. It has Exile, so it has some fun stuff. But the other houses are a bit weaker. Mm. Uh, and then I have a deck which has both Lord Invidious, which is a disc leader that when he's in the middle he can take control of an enemy flank creature and I have also in the same deck I have Z-Forge Agent 14 which is the the Star Alliance creature that comes with a bunch of upgrades and I, had, I haven't had any of those creatures before so I'm really excited to play with that deck uh, mm, Nice. Let's not linger on deck anecdotes though. No, sorry I just wanted to brag about my nice display just some positive things made me Yep. Some uh, positivity into this. But uh, don't worry. Episode. As soon as you play an important game with any of those decks, you will throw away the cards you need, and the opponent will draw what they need. Yeah. It's that kind of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. But uh, let's move on to the league update. Uh, we are doing that first uh, today for reasons that will become apparent. Uh, but uh, first. Uh, important to say, the Summer Cup just finished minutes before we started recording. Uh, and the winner of the final game was Irrelevant ID, so congratulations to him. And also congratulations to Gungnir, who was the runner-up in second place. Uh, and the other important thing to mention is that the deadline for deck submission is on the 8th of August. Uh, there is a form you need to fill form you need to fill in on the website, uh, where you have to post Master Vault links, not Dex or Keyforge links, and you need to upload ownership pictures on Dex or Keyforge to prove that you own the deck and to show the verification of enhancement. And finally, we have some news that we're starting a new league, which is called the Miners League, which is a SUSCAP format. And it's similar to the normal league where you have six decks and you start by banning one deck and then you protect one deck and then you ban another deck and then you play three games with three of your four remaining decks. Uh, but there is a SAS cap. And also there are many SAS caps actually. So there are two decks uh, of your six has a maximum of SAS 63, two decks maximum SAS 68 and two decks Maximum SAS 73. And when you ban both bans in one of those brackets, sorry, both decks in one of those brackets cannot be banned. So if they ban your 173 deck, the other one will be safe. So so that's uh, some interesting things going on there with the mind games. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, so uh, I think you need to sign up. It's the same, I guess, uh, the deadline is... Uh, um, 8th of August as well, I think. And I think at this point they have enough people for for a league. So what they will be doing is they will only accept people in groups of two. So you can you can say you're interested, but uh, you need there needs to be someone else who is interested too. Um, at the same time. Um, so that will be interesting to see how that goes. And that one will be, the schedule for that will be 10 days rather than a week to make it easier to have, find the time to do it uh, on top of the um, normal league. 
I just got in the latest results from the Summer Cup, and it turns out that Dark Tidings took the victory. Oh, so the deck that won, the deck that won with uh, that irrelevant irrelevant ID played was a Dark Tidings deck. Yes, yeah. that is correct. Okay, nice. Um, yeah. Okay, so that was the news, and uh, we are moving on to the main section. And actually, it's a quite funny coincidence because what we had planned to talk about today was suscaps, and then <laughs> we had the news that there will be a suscap thing in the league from now on, uh, or at least for this up- upcome, there will be one at least as an experiment. Uh, and uh, we didn't know this when we planned this, but it's kind of a funny makes a good theme so we can have a discussion about sas caps and before we get started with that uh, i should just quickly mention what sas means sas uh, is a decorating system available on decksofkeyforge.com uh, where they rate your deck uh, or they rate each card in your deck based on what they do uh, how much amber they generate how much amber they take away how much creature control it has how much artifact control it has uh, and other factors, how fast it goes through the deck. And it puts all of these individual card numbers together, sum it up into a number for the entire deck, and they add bonuses or or minuses to each card based on how they fit with other cards in the deck to take into account synergies and anti-synergies. And all of this together gives you a score for the deck, which is supposed to be sort of a deck that, a number that tells you how good the deck is. And there we say that, okay, so I usually uh, the consensus in the community is that around around the eight is us maybe around there is where you start having really competitive decks. Uh, and the 70 to 80 is sort of a, like an intermediate range where you can find good decks or maybe not. Um, I talk everywhere in discords and people who have seen me talk, no, I don't like suscaps very much. But I want to hear what the other people in the panel think about suscap. So, uh, yeah, Sam I can is, start yeah. as your diametric op- opposite. Uh, I love suscaps. I dislike playing at the top of the sas in the game. Uh, I generally dislike playing decks above 75. Uh, And yes, there might be some underrated decks that are absolutely crazy below 75 as well. But I just don't enjoy too efficient Keyforge decks. I enjoy it maybe when I sit there crushing opponents on my own. But no matter how fair or unfair Saskap might be, I just have more fun when I play decks at lower Sas. Not super low, but when they can do their thing, but they aren't well-oiled, optimized machines of 20 efficiency and all the cards you need. And that argument alone is my best argument for a SAS cap. I think it's hard to argue with the format that is clearly popular and people just enjoy more. Uh, the bigger discussion is whether it's more fair with SAS caps, whether it actually makes more people participate. And there, I think we need to divide it into two different categories. One, is it objectively more fair? And two, do people feel like they can participate more because there is a SAS cap? So that, that, that's my 
a more interesting angle, I think, than whether SASCAP is a good thing or not. Because if a lot of people have more fun, then it's a good thing. Or do you, what do you say? Um, are you asking? Yeah. Yeah, general. I'm just tossing the yeah. conversation back over because that's that's my take on it. Yeah. I mean, I would say that you know, I'm I'm in the same boat. I like SASCAPs personally. I like I just like all different all different kind of formats. I like I like top end Archon. I had no problem with that. Uh, but I I see that there's a better chance for people to join competitive scene with SASCAP tournaments. There's obviously. There's still people that has insane decks, even in SASCAP tournaments. Um, so I don't. This, so I think we won't. If if we talk competitive and tournaments, we won't be able to still avoid that kind of top end archons type type stuff happening. I I think the the top when I've been watching results and I watch been watching through the decks that people have had with them in into a SASCAP tournament. I mean, those are crazy. Those decks. <laughs> so in in my head, there's not re- there's no big difference in that sense. Maybe as you mentioned about the efficiency, that those top end decks might be more efficient in their way of doing stuff, and the lower you go, they might be a little bit uh, lacking of efficiency. But still, they in their uh, level where every everything is is in the same sense. Um, they are still really, really. There are still really, 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 really strong decks that people bring with them to tournaments. At least those that have won those uh, Sascap tournaments. So I like Sascap tournaments because it brings the idea of, hey, oh, okay, it's seventy-five Sascap. Okay, I'm gonna check up what I have around seventy-five. Right, digging into your collection because usually, for me, naturally, I I'm around eighty playing with my eighty. Uh, decks uh, instead of playing those 75ers so just that in itself is super fun because suddenly your decks that you just have in your collection which you don't use becomes relevant and then maybe finding there something that is really good or fun to play at least is nice so uh, that's my little comment on, on, on this for now okay uh, I think that's a good point about using larger parts of your collection. I think sus- that's the main advantage, as I see, of Suscap, that it can really help you use decks that you otherwise wouldn't use, and you can feel like not 95% of the trees that died for your decks are wasted. So, so yeah, I, I, I absolutely see that point. Um, regarding this thing about fairness and fun, so I, I think... I think uh, mm, I think I have arguments both that why I think SAS cap is not fair and also why I think it's not fun personally. Okay. Uh, so personally, I, or from like an objective for the game sense. Uh, well, it's been my experience, and I've tried to explain it in an objective way based on my experience, but I don't know. Uh, you can still maybe maybe these things are not a problem for you, and then it's not objective. I guess it's still subjective. But mm. uh, yeah. Um, so for the fairness angle, uh, yeah, it's what you both have already touched on. That of course, SAS is not a perfect system, right? So whatever SAS, whatever ceiling you set for SAS, there will be some decks that are vastly stronger than their SAS says. And then 
you can have a problem where most players in the field they don't have a large enough collection to have a good deck that's much better than the sus for that specific sus ceiling that was set and then someone who has lots of decks has that and then that player can play with an, a deck that's even archon competitive against a field of decks that are not uh, so I think that's a problem um um, and I think that's a problem almost regardless of where you set the sus ceiling. If you set the sus ceiling at 80, then I will feel like, oh man, my best deck is 81, I can't play it. And then I don't have anything until 72 or something that is competitive. And then I feel bad. Yeah. So if you have a limited collection. Yeah. And as someone who has, I have. Not a limited collection to a new player, but compared to many competitive players, I feel, I feel, I feel limited by sus cap f- formats in that way. Uh, so a question then: Why is it more limiting to choose from that specific part of your collection than choosing from your entire collection? Why do you not feel limited just always by that? Because percentage-wise, it shouldn't matter. Even percentage-wise, it should be more fair. For you to be limited to that part of your collection because let's see it from the perspective of uh, say that everyone has because you you are the person who often says that every like every kind of deck can compete and or like they everyone has a deck that can compete and so on yes say that uh, you cut away the 90s and the 89s and so on that many people don't have. And if everyone is forced to look at the share of their collection that is, uh, say, 75 and below, uh, yes, it might be just as rare for someone with a bigger collection to have like that that uh, great deck that is that 1% of uh, 75 SAS decks that is just better than the others. But you're not more limited when you look at that selection like mathematically there's no way that you can be more limited by only looking at the certain part of your deck selection and comparing how those good those decks are compared to someone else's best deck in that selection than if you look at the full sas range the only thing that the sas cap does is change the range of your decks not it doesn't change at all what like what percentage of decks are good or not so, uh, so, so so mathematically the point i'm trying to make is that roughly i don't know roughly let's say 8% of decks you open in the best sets are competitive in mm-hmm. unlimited archon yes. uh, but uh, if you set the sus limit of 75 to have a deck that's competitive in Archon, there are decks that are competitive even in unlimited Archon at SAS cap 75, but it's much lower than 8%. You might have 1% to have a deck like that, but some people will have a deck like that at that specific, at that specific limit, while many other players don't have. Uh, and, yes, and, that, but... uh, and you will be more likely to have, uh, since it's rarer to to find a deck like that uh, than to find a deck 
uh, regardless of SAS, I would argue it also makes it uh, uh, it makes uh, advantage for the person with a really large collection even larger, even greater than in unlimited. But that's the last the last part there is what I just don't see how you can conclude like how the, it because in the larger collection that person will have the hundred a hundred sas deck instead that is has just as big advantage over your best deck at 81 for example i i i don't yeah i i don't yeah that's maybe so the... you so you so you think that a 75 sas deck uh the best 75 sas deck has a bigger competitive advantage over someone's best 75 sas deck than the same person's best 90 SAS deck has over the other person's best, say, 80 SAS yes. deck, if that's the yes. highest. Yes, I think so. That, that, that... that both goes against my experience of the tournaments, but also my theoretical knowledge of the SAS system. But okay. Uh, I mean, uh, there are Boltor winners that are, or, or at least grand championship winners that are SAS 72, 73. Yes, uh, but not in today's meta. I'm not sure. I didn't have time to double check today, but I let's see the season two KFBL. That is the probably the best decks that exist in the entire world, and my 75 SAS deck there, like none apart from a few Heart of the Forest decks, uh, the SAS was just way way higher. No one seemed to voluntarily bring anything other than a certain AOA combo decks that were even near my car keys at 75 for example and i don't think people would deliberately bring worse decks uh, if they had 75 sas ball tour winning decks that were still competitive and i think that season two kfpl is the closest thing we have to an actual uh, like the best of the best because everyone could borrow decks everyone borrowed from the big teams even people who were not part of the teams borrowed like the best of the best decks and then fought it out and looking at the winning lineups there is probably your best way of viewing the top of the top. Yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't looked at the specific deck lineups, but I know there is a deck like the one they talk about on the Time Shapers podcast, the Bazi deck, for example. It has SAS seventy three, and it has uh, performed. Well, very I don't well. think Bazi is a good deck, but uh, that's uh, Aurora's. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've lost against it with very good decks, so I can. Uh, it, you need to I mean, be. It's a good deck, but I don't think it would stand a chance in that kind of lineup. Uh, it's a deck that needs to high roll, but when it high rolls, I think it, it can definitely win, and you don't need to high roll. Yeah. Well, but anyway, uh, we, we should yes. move on to, to the next point. Um, so uh, another problem, which is mostly a problem, I think, when you set the SAS cap too low, uh, like when you set it at, let's say, 70 or below 70, uh, but that I've found we have done a lot of SAS cap in, in the Cups in the Nordic Keyforge League, and I, have, I feel like I can speak from a lot of experience there. And I feel it's very common when you play with these low sus decks, that when your opponent gets a good starting hand, the game is over. Like, uh, because the low sus decks, they don't have enough tools to turn around the game. So if someone, 
if someone starts a game with uh, uh, hunting witch, a hunting witch, a dust pixie, and the witch of the eye, that's game over on turn one in uh, in Suscap uh, most of the time. It's also often game over in in an Arkham deck, but there is a higher chance in an Arkham deck that you have the tools to turn the game around, and there's a higher chance you have the efficiency needed to find the tools on time. Uh, and that point I really agree with. I do think that if you go low enough in size cap, you lose some of the beauty of the game. I think that uh, low enough size caps become more about fun high rolls or uh, weird deck interactions than it becomes about competitive. That's why I really like the 70s. Uh, that's where the decks are not too efficient, I feel, usually. At least not in the sets that are balanced around that. For example, a 70 SAS cap or 75 SAS cap MM is usually a lot of fun. Either decks are fast but don't produce Ember and cannot counter anything, or they're thick and bulky and it does a lot of like interesting stuff. They're like The decks do one or two things good, but they don't do all of them well. Yeah, they have their own personality. Yes. Decks at low SAS or medium SAS, let's call it medium SAS. Decks at medium SAS have a lot more personality, I feel, than decks at high SAS. A deck at high SAS just does does it all, usually. Yes, they're extremely good at one or two things, but they usually do it all or they do the thing they do so well that it becomes a high roll deck that can just yeah run away with everything. In my experience, when I was playing in Code 9, we met several of, of those so-called medium SAS decks that people had picked for Moirai um, format. And super fun decks. Like, seriously, super fun decks to play. Um, and and as we mentioned, they, they had like personality. Uh, so I, we had a good time to meet people's decks. Some had some had 80 stuff but um in Moirai it seems to be if you have if you are in the medium range you have the feels like you have the higher, higher chance to win but sure it's usually if the, if people come to the high level assessing the Moirai then they would uh, it's always the adaptive that uh, decides the winning but anyways um my in my experience from the code tournament the medium range there seems to be this personality in those decks, which is a lot of fun to see because you don't see them in, for example, High Arkan, because they are still not good enough to compete in the in that level. Um, so, as I said in, at, at the start of this idea of Saskap, I I enjoy everything, like from reversal to top Arkan, but I would say that I love Saskaps because. It's still, even though we can be uh, have different opinions about the mathematical approach or bias approach or whatever, it just it seems that the community enjoys SASCAP do- uh, tournaments. Like, there's this kind of positive uh, vibe around it. So w- when we p- see in the Discord community, p- people say, hey, no, there's a 75 SASCAP tournament. Nobody's like, oh, no. People are like, excited about it. Okay, let's see what I can find as my 75 or, or or 80 or whatever. So I, in my opinion, the SASCAP has just brought positivity in, in general, despite it might have its small downsides, as we just mentioned about. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's... Uh, it's, a, it's a hard point to argue with, that it feels like you 
like someone can participate. They have opened 10 decks. One of them is a 72. And they feel this feeling when they look at it and they hear 75 SAS captain. It's like, oh yes, that's not too far away from my deck. And I think that that's a, no matter if that deck is good or not, good enough or not that's a secondary effect of having these sas values that if you look at the deck and you see that it's 95 or that average decks in this tournament are 88 and these kind of decks that you've only seen in tco competitive you will not want to sign up for that tournament but it feels probably better to sign up and knowing that okay these decks are roughly valued at the same my deck didn't do so well against them but at least we're sort of competing in the same field it's the value system that is wrong if some decks are just too good here. Not that the organizers didn't want my deck here. Uh, you can look at the SAS system and say that this is where it's flawed. The organizers wanted a more level playing field where my deck could participate, but some decks are outside that system and it will never be perfect. And I think that's a nicer thing to feel going into a tournament than to feel like, yeah, these people have opened 2,000 decks and this 105 SAS deck, I will never stand a chance against that. Because in a, in a better SAS world, that deck that was 75 SAS and just stomped you shouldn't be 75 SAS. And that that's a, like a mentally a nicer thing to feel, at least for me. Okay, so in response to what you two said about um, decks with personalities, um, I think that's true. I think that happens in SASCAP tournaments, and I'm not sure it's necessarily a good thing uh, because I think normally, if at least if the ceiling is too low, you will have decks uh, that have really severe weaknesses. Like you will have decks that are all in on generating amber super quickly, but they can't deal with the board, for example. Or uh, you have a deck that can't remove amber because, or you have a deck that can't deal with artifacts or whatever. And uh, what that means when almost everyone is playing decks like that, it means that in my experience that you will have so many games that are matchup dependent, that are determined before before the game has even started. I remember when we had the uh, when we had the one of the SASCAP tournaments, uh, the one where I think we had two decks and the sum of the decks needed to be something. I don't remember what it was, but it was around 70. Uh, it, it was the cup in the league. And I was in the loser's bracket. And almost every game I won, I basically just won because my opponent didn't have board control. So it was super boring. I had a couple of good games. I had a really good game against you, Saramis in that tournament and I had uh, I had a good the two final games against Sidesux uh, they were good that, that I played there uh, but all the other ones basically I just won because my opponent didn't have board control and it was felt it felt just stupid it felt to me like uh, I, we didn't even need to play the game yeah, yeah that makes sense and uh, when you have uh, normally in a tournament without a cap or with a higher cap uh, you will have some players playing all-round decks and uh, when you have some players playing all-round decks and some players play specialized decks 
then you will have some matchups between all-round decks and specialized decks, and those are interesting. But these specialized deck versus specialized deck, they can be very matchup dependent, and I don't enjoy that so much. Huh. But that that feels like it's more about. We're not talking about in that in that case. If it, it's more about the format, do we have several decks that we pick and ban, or do we have one deck that we come and meet in a tournament? Uh, that kind of rock scissor paper thingy, and because it's. All tournaments that we join, if we join with one deck, it's always going to be matchup in the uh, matchup dependent. There's always a weakness in all the decks, um, and you don't know who you're gonna meet during in, in a tournament. So, in that case, I would rather have a SAS capped several decks. You know, some sort of format or that you have several decks. Or something like that. In my opinion, that would that would be something that we might uh, avoid, probably uh, uh, that kind of feeling that you just mentioned here at the end. Mm. So I, I would just say uh, I agree that in all best of one with one deck formats, you can have bad matchups. I'm I'm saying I think they are more common with a low sus cup. But uh, then I want to say then uh, the next question that I wanted to move on to is how can you make a sus cap tournament or event that mitigates these problems. And I think what you brought up, Linus, is very good. I think with a triad or a lineup format like the league, I think it can mitigate some of this matchup problem because you can you can uh, ban decks to make sure you at least don't have this matchup where you have no chance. Uh, I mean, I generally prefer those kind of variants uh, all in all. Mm. Like, uh, it's just a more interesting to not have everything come down to one luck of the draw of your deck. But you don't always have the time, and it's very hard to do in a one day of a big tournament in real life where everyone gathers yeah. in a single place. It's just difficult, yeah. and sometimes the the matchup dependency will just be be part of the part game. Of, yeah, part of the game, exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I will be interested in following. I don't think I have time to participate, but I will follow this minors league in the in the NKFL to see how that goes uh, here, what people think. Uh, because it has, it has the lineups and the bands. I think maybe it could be more fun than what I find uh, such cap to usually be uh, because of them the matchup thing. Um, another thing I want to mention, I think with regards to this thing that I mentioned, I think someone can have be unfairly advantaged because they have a large collection. I think SUSCAP works a lot better in a rather small group. Uh, like one extreme is this uh, uh, leaderboard that we have on our Discord and that Swindle have on their Discord or we call it King of the Hill. But that's SUSCAP as a small as small a group as possible. It's just two players. But but uh, uh, generally what I'm trying to say is the fewer people you are, I think, uh, the less chance that someone will just take a deck that dominates that particular SUS bracket. Uh, and uh, I think, for example, in local play, if you have a group and you sort of all know each other, you know no one has 
basically you all know what to expect, what deck, how you know how competitive everyone else is. Uh, you can better select a deck you haven't played very much. And even though you might have another deck that's overrated for its sus, you might not take it to this local event where which is more casual. So uh, you're saying more of a like a sus guideline. Let's bring decks that play around seventy five rather than have a hard cutoff I, of a single number. It can even be a cutoff, but I'm saying more like uh, in a more casual, smaller group of people, I think there is less chance that even that people will bring this dominating deck because people in this small group that all know each other, they just want interesting games with decks they don't usually play. And I think uh, on on while most people will want that in a SASCAP tournament on the internet as well, uh, there will be at least a couple of people who want to win at all costs. And it's a, uh, it's a much bigger probability of that happening uh, the more you are. And also the more people you are, because there is a high probability that someone else does it, the incentive for you to take that kind of deck grows as well. It's a kind of prisoner's dilemma situation. Uh where uh, I think uh, in a smaller group where people know each other, uh, it's not as big of a risk for that situation. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think that's. I think uh, I think I prefer Suscap for smaller groups, more casual groups, and uh, uh, people that you know better, uh, and you can all commune. You can all expect a certain competitiveness, which is not too high in that group. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I have this feeling that with with these kind of SASCAP tournaments, we have a bigger chance to actually increase our community overall, worldwide. I I feel it's more welcoming. Yeah. Um. It despite its advantages or disadvantages, just the overall effect, and we already a, a part of uh, Keyforce community we just wish you know that the community grows and becomes bigger that's that's what we want right because that gives us bigger chance to have uh, more stuff happening around around this amazing game right so that's i, I think that's for me that's the big thing why i'm i'm for sascap stuff just just because the overall vibe is positive uh, people enjoy it Despite there might be some that we have mentioned all, all of this mathematical stuff where there's always somebody who has the high top end or whatever, just overall people will play more keyboards with SAS caps. Yeah. Would you agree? Um, I agree, not surprisingly. Yeah, I no, I think you have a good point there. I, I think I agree with... Uh, I think maybe... Maybe where I really have a problem with Saskap is mostly for uh, high level, high level tournaments like the prestige tournaments. Whereas it's actually might be really good for for more casual events where you more want to bring in people rather than see who is the best. Uh, so yeah, in that situation, I think Saskap absolutely has a place as well. Uh, does anyone have any other final thoughts on Suscap? Well, did we change anyone's mind? Has anyone changed what they think about it? Okay, would you would you agree, for example, uh, Hydro, that it can be a positive influence? Like, if 
two out of three just in this group enjoy it, even at a competitive level, is it not strange to say that you think it's bad for for the competitive level? What is it that you feel is bad, apart from the not being fair, because some people have a higher competitive advantage in your mind? But if people enjoy it, like what is the problem? No, I I I think uh, if people enjoy it, that's fine. I uh and uh, i don't have a problem with other people playing sus cap it's more like i don't think it has a place in the highest level competitive stuff is probably my main point uh, and, and it has a and, place uh, well it has a pl- it, it has a place but i don't think it's suitable is what i'm trying to say uh like uh uh so yeah, I think it's uh, it's good it's good for casual events, uh, and if people play it and enjoy it, that's fine. I just don't have to. I don't enjoy the gameplay in those games, but I just don't have to join those events, so that's fine as well. I can just not join, and that's fine. <laughs> but what about you, Linus? Has anything changed your mind, or are we still dug in in our trenches? We're probably dug in in our trenches, but. The... Um, Hydra has still brought some interesting points that I can see and kind of understand what what this is uh, idea behind them. I mean, if we're talking about top end stuff and really high competitive prestige things, um, for me it's, we can just play Archon. <laughs> Saskap eighty. Oh, why Saskap eighty? We can just go to Archon and have those cool stuff with all the cool cool things if we're really being top top end players and so on. But then again, I don't have anything against seeing top of players playing with Saskap 80. <laughs> but I, I just, I'm just saying that it doesn't really change my opinion. But I can still kind of understand what what uh, Hydra is trying to say. Um, but then at the end, for me, it's like adaptive is the king format. <laughs> Like that just avoids all this Saskap stuff or Sas whatever. You just come with any deck and you have a good time. <laughs> I like adaptive but that, too. But, it's great but, but even in best of one. But that yeah, exactly. But but that's probably another topic. Uh, I just wanted to bring it up, um, even though we're talking about Saskap stuff now. I mean, we're just getting more and more things to talk about because I was just about to say, well, this almost brings about the discussion: Is Sas good? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The whole SAS discussion is really interesting. Yeah, the, that's that's another discussion. Uh, like, think about going into a tournament um, live, it, uh, sealed, right? You don't look at it. You don't see what SAS is it. Or, or if you have several, if you open five and choose one, you just need to, with your natural talent or natural knowledge that you have, you look through your decks and then you pick one. And then suddenly afterwards you see, oh, What? That was 80, that was a, uh, 82, and that was 70, and I picked a f- uh, 67. <laughs> right? Uh, like, what's the odds that people might, you know, they, it, it, it would, it's, it's, I um, kind of miss maybe a little bit the time before SAS. <laughs> but I do think that this is for another day. Yeah, because this is a big Pandora's box that we're opening, and it cannot be closed <laughs> again. So, yeah, I think all those things Linus just said, we just push them back a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Said. 
we put them but back. Let's keep them in the episode. <laughs> we put them back in the Spangler box and we open that box up maybe at a later point. Uh, yeah, I, I closed it and sent it back to uh, Hydra. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, well, I think this has been an interesting discussion uh, and I hope. Uh, uh, I hope no one thinks I hate someone for liking Suscap or something like that. I hope that's not, not at all. how it came across. Uh, and I, obviously, I, I, if you are enjoying playing the game in a certain way, I don't want to stop you from playing the game in that way. So, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to f- finish off by saying that. Uh, but other than that, I think, I think uh, that's it for this episode. Um, yeah, and uh, we just want to say from the Saskap Liberation Front that we, of course, must defeat Hydro and all his influences on the Keyforge <laughs> community. For those who wish to join us, uh, we have entered a secret message in this episode. You know where to find us. Yes. Dexofkeyforge.com. Uh, uh, I, I was going to say that this duo here with me, Hydra and Saramis, have the secret agenda to just overtake the, everything with the reversal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. that's true. That's another episode. Uh, but uh, um, so forty uh, is the new ninety. If you want to, if you want to yell at me, uh, I would be very happy f- to see that. Go into our Discord uh, to yell at me uh, in the Discuss the Podcast channel or. Uh, on the uh, NKFL website where we host the episodes. Um, and uh, final reminder that uh, you need to, for the league, you need to submit the decks by the 8th of August. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for tonight. I'm Hydrophilic Attack. And I'm Mr. K pop. See ya. And I am Zaramis. Join us. And he had all his three Skippy Time Goats in his bottom deck, like at the end. <laughs> skippy so, Time Goats. What? Oh, is, is, no, okay, skippy let's time horse. Skippy Time Horse. <laughs> let's just throw every animal <laughs> in. Um, yeah, exactly. Sorry, guys. I meant Skippy Time Hog. <laughs> is there a goat? <laughs> there it is. <laughs>